Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hollywood actors Brian and Matt approve a new deal with studios to end a month-long strike. Their union, SAG-AFTRA, says 78% of members who voted approved a new multi-year contract. A far cry from the near-unanimous approval members of the Writers Guild gave to the deal that ended their strike in September. Control over the use of artificial intelligence was the most hard-fought issue in the negotiations between SAG-AFTRA and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which represents studios, streaming services, and production companies. In a statement, Union President Fran Drescher called it a golden age for SAG-AFTRA. She goes on to say that the union has never been more powerful. Jennifer Kuyper, CBS News. I don't believe that, but... No. I, I just don't think the union. I, I don't think the union's more powerful than ever. It's like in the auto industry. I thought that the car, the UAW, got a, a great deal, but mm-hmm. right after GM raised its dividend and yes. restored its outlook, which means they clearly, you know, it's not that they got what they wanted or didn't, but it was a deal that they can li- they can deal with and still be profitable. Um, in terms of like Hollywood, I don't think anyone knows what the future looks like, Morgan. Right? Because no. nobody goes to the movies. Hollywood's totally different. Entertainment as a whole is totally changing. Yeah, and and in terms of how the people get paid, like the, you know, the story. I forget what movie it was that Bruce Willis took less than his usual sum. I don't I don't know if it was The Sixth Sense or not, but he took like fourteen as opposed to twenty five million. But he took a percentage of the the gross, and he ended up making like one hundred and fifteen million. Mm-hmm. Like that's never going to happen again. Right. You know, never. Uh, you know, actually, I credit Joey Burgoyne for, you know, alerting us to this story. And, you know, I, I frankly, there's a lot, I have a lot of questions about it. And it, it involves, um, you know, a, a big, huge project in Ledger that's sort of upsetting some people in the neighborhood. And it's it's kind of massive. And I have no idea that stuff like this even sort of happens. So uh, we want to welcome in Brendan Crowley from CT Examiner here. I'm Brian and company who wrote the piece, and the headline is uh, Fears Mount Over Industrial Projects Impact on Ledyard Neighborhood. Uh, Brendan, good morning. How are you? Hi, Brian. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm uh, good. So can you just sort of, um, you know, sum up what the project is, and then and then we can get, move on from there? Yeah, so there's a, a couple different pieces to the project. There's a, a pretty big industrial site in, in Gales Ferry. It's mostly a, a residential community. Uh, but there's one right on the Thames River. Uh, it used to be a Dow chemical plant. Now it's a, a America's styrenic styrofoam plant. Uh, so basically, Cashman Dredging, this company from Massachusetts, bought the property. Uh, they wanted to put in uh, basically a dredging processing center. They would take in stuff they dredge from the Long Island Sound, bring it in, clean it, ship it out. 
Um, that kind of got put on hold. Uh, people were very upset about that when they first came in, proposed that. Uh, so they kind of put that on hold and shifted to that they wanted to put in a bunch of different industrial buildings on this property. And to do that, they wanted to basically level this hill that's there, create a, a flat 40-acre pad so they could put up a bunch of industrial buildings. So that's what's going on now is, uh, you know, they're proposing this basically a quarry. They're going to blast down this hill uh, basically right in the middle of this residential neighborhood. And obviously people are, are super concerned about that. So it hasn't been approved. It's just proposed. Right. Yeah. Okay. They've had a, they had one like maintenance building approved for the site, but that's it so far. Everything else is just proposed. Is that common to like take a whole hill and just get rid of it? Like, does that happen? I, I haven't seen it before. I mean, I, it definitely happens. I, I it, I don't know about this close to, I, I mean, there's there's houses a, a couple hundred feet away, uh, which is what I think makes this unique. We do have one other quarry in Gales Ferry, but it's much smaller than this, uh, you know, nowhere near the 40-acre scale. Hmm. Now, in, in terms of the approval process, it's the town of Ledyard that either says yes or no? Right. It's okay. the, the town of Ledyard. Okay. Gales Ferry is a village inside Ledyard. And then what's the record? And then what's the... the I'm trying to figure out like why the town would say yes. Is there a big tax bump for them? I mean, what's what's the what's the incentive for the town to say go ahead? Yeah, I think for for the planning and zoning commission, it really comes down to does what they're proposing meet the town's regulations. If it does, you know, they can't really say no. It's private property; they own it. It's industrial zoned. Um, so if it does meet the town's regulations, then they, they really have to approve it or, you know, they'll they'll be sued and, you know, it'll be appealed to the courts. Um, I, I think probably what, what Cashman is pitching as the benefit is, it, you know, just adding to the grand list. I think there's there's a lot of skepticism about, you know, how much really this would add to the grand list. But, you know, it's definitely a concern in this area. Taxes are, are pretty high. You know, a, a lot of industry has, has gone out. So, right. you know. The towns can be, you know, pretty willing to to, to just bring in new businesses. Um, you know, they see a possibility to lower taxes at all. We're talking with Brennan Crowley from CT Examiner, and I'm I'm curious about in terms of the recourse for residents. You tell a story of one homeowner sort of bought a dream home and family property, and what can they do? I mean, are they going to sue? Or are they going to just try to just go to the meetings and give their their disagreements? I mean, what, what can they do? Yeah, for now, they're going to be going to the meetings, and uh, there's a public hearing in a couple of weeks, and a lot of people in town have organized going to these hearings. They actually were supposed to do it last month. Uh, they're doing it in a pretty small hearing room in, in the town hall, and you know, so many people showed up that it exceeded the, the fire code capacity, and they had to cancel the meeting, postpone it, move it to the, the middle school uh, auditorium, um, so there's definitely a lot of interest. There's going to be a lot of people there who are concerned. Basically, that's their idea now is kind of uh, just let the, the zoning commission know what their concerns are and try to point out where in the regulations, you know, uh, there, there are protections in the regulations where, you know, they're not supposed to create too much noise or, or dust or vibrations from, from blasting the rock that go out onto other people's properties. So that's pretty much what they're focused on now is trying to prove that, we're trying to force Cashman to prove that they're going to meet those regulations and they're going to be protected. Is uh, will this? Be, I don't know how many homes are affected by this, but it would this essentially like destroy the value of their properties? 
that's definitely what they're concerned with. And it's, uh, I, I mean, it was at their, their house last week and, you know, it's basically their backyard is this hill. It's probably 200 feet from their house uh, where this hill is that's going to be blasted. So, I mean, I think it's, it's definitely a fair concern for them. All right. So the next meeting is on the 14th? On the 14th, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's, you know, listen, Brendan, we'd love to stay in touch. I mean, you know, for me, like the coverage of this kind of story, it doesn't happen often enough. And so we're just trying to, you know, highlight when when these local issues come up, just because I think it's important there aren't a lot of, you know, there isn't as much local coverage as there was 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So we appreciate the time. Definitely. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Brendan Crowley from CT Examiner joining us. I'm Brian and Company on WTIC News Talk today. Imagine if you had, I mean, listen, there's an industrial site behind these places, but you got the hill. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, you got this nice hill behind you that that goes back, you know, has a history in the War of 1812, which is according to the piece, it says so. And we're just going to, we're going to carve out a huge chunk of it and build a couple of huge warehouses. You'd be ripped, right? You'd be mad. But it is private property, you know, and I understand, you know, I understand that. But I mean, just imagine if that were in your backyard, if you will. I mean, there's not in your backyardism, and then there's that. So thanks, Brandon, for doing it. Thanks for Joey for bringing it to, to our attention. Uh, coming up, by the way, uh, at 7.50, we'll talk with Skylar Fraser of the Hartford Business Journal about the comeback of the holiday party. And, you know, it turns out, and I think Skylar can clear this up, it wasn't just the pandemic that had made the holiday party less and less common, and we'll talk about that a little bit as well. Uh, just quick look at the markets for for a second here. Uh, yesterday was a mixed day. Actually, the Nasdaq was up, and the other two major indices, the Dow and the S and P, were down, but just really slightly. I mean, actually, the S and P, which is the broader index, was just down 006 percent. But this morning, all three are up, just very slightly. Uh, oil is continuing to go down. Now under $72 a barrel. It's down about another $0.55 cents today. And gas, I talked about earlier, if you weren't with us, I got, it was Costco, mind you, but it was two ninety seven yesterday. The Connecticut average is three thirty five. The national is three twenty two. dollars uh, as, we, as we go into the, the winter season, which people just tend to drive less. Another piece of economic news is bizarre to me, but mortgage, mortgage refis, people are refining at these rates. I think that, I, it's so funny because they must have got, Eight percent plus. I don't know, but refinance demand jumped like fourteen percent. Rates fall to their lowest point since August, which is it's still kind of crazy how high mortgage rates are relative to you know what they were a year or two years ago. But uh, right now, mortgage rates, uh, which were at eight percent or so last month, are, are heading back towards seven percent. And and this is the reason I bring it up is that the Everyone said, well, if they can get mortgage rates down to 5%, the real estate market would explode. Well, now they're saying that it doesn't necessarily even have to go that low because people there's so much pent-up demand that people, if if 6.5% looks so much better than 8 people might just jump if they can afford it, obviously. So I think if if interest rates, and now people are saying there might be rate cuts next year, and so if, 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 Interest rates go under seven. I think it could be the thing that breaks the logjam in the real estate market, and by that I mean inventory. You need more stuff to come on the market so people can buy homes, but also so prices can moderate. Something to keep an eye on. Hey, Mel, Bry here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy. 
Hey, Mikey, if you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl. But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How about trying your hand, Brian and Matt, at a buddy meal? Correspondent Deborah Rodriguez explains. We also try to stick to the four main food groups. Candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. OnlineCasinos.com is offering a $2,500 prize for the person who whips up the most creative and delicious concoction that only Will Ferrell's Christmas movie alter ego, Buddy the Elf, would love. Organizers are urging contestants to let their imaginations run wild. Whether it's spaghetti covered in candy, cakes, cookies, or pancakes, the group says the North Pole the limit. Check out the website for more information. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. I could go for some maple syrup and some spaghetti. You want to put some chocolate Pop-Tarts on it? Sure. Uh, why not? Smash it in there with my hands. Imagine if they had to do that scene in a couple takes, because they have to reset the whole yes. thing. Yes, yes. So if they, if they, have to, they must have had so much spaghetti and candy and Pop-Tarts on hand, and it just looked awful, and he had to eat it. Yep. I mean, you think he just threw up after? I mean, I wonder if he just like, I really made wonder. himself throw up. Anyway, thank you. And as people are eating their cornflakes, they're about to throw up. Take it I was just down to 25 tabs, but I just added another one. I didn't, I didn't get to watch or listen to many of the clips from Trump on Hannity last night. It looks like I think I probably should. <laughs> um, and, of course, we have the debate tonight. And we'll have Paul Steinhauser on tomorrow at 8.50 from Fox News, my good friend, uh, who— his home base is in New Hampshire, but he's in, I think it's Alabama, and he'll be at the debate tonight, and he'll join us at 8.50 to, to break it down. And and uh, and you sent me that clip of that comedian, Matt, who does that Donald Trump impression, and what's his name? Uh, Shane Gillis. He basically made the same point I did. But that was from, yeah. was that from 2016? Or was that from 2020? Like, that wasn't from this cycle. That must have been, a, that's an older clip, right? No, that, that was from his, his special his most recent out, like, one? Maybe three months ago. Oh, okay. Because it made he's sort of referring not to this election cycle, kind of to to the last one, but uh, basically saying that everyone sort of looks small in comparison. I'd like to see more Christie and Haley in how they stack up, because I'd like to see if Christie holds up his criticism and Haley how she approaches it. If she could really take him on head on, I, I truly have a, a high degree of confidence that DeSantis couldn't handle mm. it. 
I don't, by, by the way, you got to watch that Shane Gillis. He's funny. He's so funny. What's on the list now? So good. So I have Dewey Cox. I have Rounders, Mm -hmm. which is the the card the card movie, right? Yeah. With With Matt Matt Damon and and then uh, Edward Norton. Yeah. And uh, and now I have that. I have Righteous Gemstones. Yeah. um, Eastbound and Down. Eastbound and Down. Anything else? No, you got to take about a month off. I could take a month. I told you yesterday. (laughs) Like I feel like I'm due. Yeah. And now the next week and a half is going to be brutal with all these holiday parties. Send the kids and the wife away for like a long weekend oh and just not shower and sit in your filth. That sounds amazing. <laughs> just eat cereal and oh, ice yeah. cream and steak. Be nice. <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, that's probably what my diet, a steady diet of steak, ice cream, and breakfast cereal. That's pretty much that's those. You talk about the, those are my four major food groups. By the way, the Steelers and the Patriots are Thursday night football. They couldn't flex them out, so they kept them. What, what is the over under on the game? By the way, thirty and a half. Thirty and it's a half. A record. That's a record low. That's incredible. Uh, there's not a lot of confidence with Mitch Trubisky and Bailey Zappi to score points. The Patriots, mind you. Uh, didn't score a touchdown at all last week, and the Steelers have fewer touchdowns than Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> so you have that. Yeah, I got a few parties to go to, for sure. We have our office party, which you can bring spouses this year. Is 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 Lexi coming? Yeah, she's coming. Yeah, she's excited. Yeah, Jess is not coming. Uh, we it's the same night. The governor's having his, and there's a couple others not to be named. My wife has her party. Which is, they try to, I mean, it's too crowded for me, but it's going to be a lot of weeknight cocktails for this guy in the next two weeks. We're just going to have to handle it. Um, but, you know, it turns out the co- company holiday party, you know, sp- supposedly bouncing back. As Skylar Fraser wrote about it in the Hartford Business Journal. He joins us now, Brian and Company. Skylar, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Brian. How are you doing? I'm good, man. So, what, do, you, do you have a count? Do you have a hard count on how many you got in your, on your calendar? I, a holiday parties coming up? Yeah, how many you got? You got two, um, one, three, I, six, seven. You know what? I think between other ones that I'm going to, that I'll count as like networking ones. I think I got three on the calendar right now, so that's pretty good. Is HPJ doing one or no? Yeah, we're we're doing an afternoon one, kind of like a holiday lunch. Um, so it's not really necessarily an evening party, but we are doing something next week. Yeah. Uh, so they're they're coming back. What are some of the data points that? That, that show you that, that the party, the corporate party is making a comeback? So I've, I've worked on a story related to this um, two years in a row. And last year, I would say, was really, you know, kind of the first bounce back year. After 2020 and 2021, um, those were really years where the companies weren't doing um, holiday parties at all. I had some data from a consulting firm that, you know, just 5.3% of companies did it in 2020, 26% in 2021. Last year was exceeded 50% for the first time since the pandemic. And um, that firm didn't actually do any data for this most recent year that we're in right now. Um, But just anecdotally from making some calls and working on this story, it seems like um, a lot of the fears have kind of been quelled when it comes to getting together for big end-of-the-year celebrations this year, um, even more so than last year. Are we talking about, like, renting spaces, those kind of, call, like, in terms of people, uh, like, actually event spaces getting rented out? Absolutely, yeah. Like, in Hartford, we have so many um, insurance and accounting firms, and typically um, they would do, you know, kind of big end-of-year celebrations with a lot of their um, employees, and then also, you know, 
certain firms even um, invite clients to those as well. So we're talking about venue bookings. Um, last year, I wrote a little bit more focused on restaurant bookings. Um, so sort of like big dining room rentals. Um, but this year, I talked to more um, event spaces like the Bristol Events Center. I spoke with um, some of their representatives a few weeks ago. Um, and that's a brand new facility next to the Hilton in in Bristol, right. and they've already got a ton of holiday bookings, you know, for their debut season. Um, so yeah, those those large scale events are ramping up as well as kind of those um, bigger dining hall at a at a restaurant. And you know, these spaces that survived the pandemic. I mean, how reliant are they on on this kind of? You know, you got weddings, you got other stuff. I mean, is this a core <laughs> part, or is this all sort of you know a, a value add for their bottom line? Yeah, that's a good question. I think between these events and the wedding season, those kind of are are some of the big, um, some of the big business that these event centers do. I know when I spoke with a few, the um, weddings were also a thing that were kind of delayed during the pandemic. In, in addition to these holiday parties that were kind of canceled, so there's a big backlog of weddings the past few years, and I know those have kind of helped keep certain venues above float and profitable. Right. Um, but those combined with company gatherings are huge and also the convention space as well. You know, companies do these um, conventions or events that aren't necessarily holiday parties and um, event centers really use those as, as, as big business as well. Yeah. I have two, two quick questions for you before I say goodbye. Skylar Frazier from Harvard business journal joining us here. So does that mean that, you know, there's, there's a reasonable confidence that 2024 will be like a good year? Absolutely. I mean, I talked to uh, I talked to a few folks in the event space for this last story, and some of them um, some of them are really expecting 2024 to be great for the event space. Um, I know the convention center has more events um, already on the on the schedule this year than they did in parts of last year. Um, Bristol Event Center, like I mentioned as well, this is going to be their first full year open um so people are really expecting 2024 to be a full bounce back i think um i heard i had a lot of optimism in the people that i spoke with which wasn't necessarily um the same vibes that i'd heard over the last several years you know yeah you know i i was curious you did sort of intimate uh that this wasn't just a a a thing that the pandemic kind of really put a damper on that actually this kind of party had been sort of fading for a while right yeah no, absolutely. I talked to um, someone from the accounting firm CLA, um, which have offices over in West Hartford, yeah, and course. they actually had had a uh, holiday party since I think 2007. He told me, um, and so really they had it, they had stopped doing theirs for a while beforehand, but now with the pandemic, not being able to get together in offices, not having these company get-togethers where you could actually see your peers. They really thought this year was going to be a, a, an important year to bring it back. Um, and it hasn't happened yet, but I'd love to chat with them afterwards and see how, uh, you know, some of their staff felt it was after, you know, maybe not seeing each other for a few years. Yeah, it's uh, listen, we don't do enough offside stuff here. So, I mean, it's always a good thing to see people, you know, outside of work. I, I actually think that, so you're pointing to like 2007, that makes me think the Great Recession had something to do with it. And obviously the pandemic. Absolutely. There's, li- yep. there's liability too. Did you talk at all about that? Because I feel like, you know, company sponsored stuff where they're serving alcohol and people getting in their cars, they'd probably be more cautious on that. But is that not factoring into to that at all? I, I really haven't heard that factor in too much. Um, it was a point that was brought up though on kind of the difference between hey, let's go rent a space and have an actual spot for this party rather than just having drinks at the office. 
So I know that has been discussion with the, the comeback of holiday parties on to what scale are we going to do it? Are we going to do more like, hey, it's five o'clock, you can crack a beer in the office, or are we going to go somewhere? So I know that's up for discussion, but um, I didn't hear too much on you know the actual liability portion of it. Yeah. Hey, real quick before I let you go, we're talking with Skylar Frazier from the Hartford Business Journal. You can go to hartfordbusiness.com and, and read his material. The jewelry store in Hartford that closed, was that just like a retirement thing or just because there's no business? or Because you know, I was just down at Pratt and Trumbull. You know, I took a tour of Pratt Street and it was so many great things coming online, but it's really quiet downtown at the same time. Was that just because it's not worth it to have that business downtown? Jewelry store I heard was just um, wanting to, you know, kind of the classic, spend more time with family and doing things not business related. I, I know uh, the jeweler is, you know, still going to do some uh, private bookings and still do repairs for some customers he's had for the last several years. But it sounded like to me, it was just the storefront was a lot more work than he wanted to do at this point. You know, he's been in the business for so many decades. Right. Um, he thought, he should have a little bit of a better work-life balance at this point. It sounded like to me. Okay, great. Skylar, it's great to catch up. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Talk to you later. All right, Skylar Frazier from Hartford Business Journal joining us here on Brian and Company. By the way, uh, next hour, we'll talk with John Moritz from CT Insider. Uh, we were supposed to talk to him yesterday, but we had a, a double booking. And, you know, just about how slow the tra- trains can be, especially on the shoreline and what can be done. I'm just fascinated by... You know, we're in an area where there's just not a lot of space. So what can be done, you know, unless you put something underground or spend a gajillion dollars? I mean, like, there's so much private property, and I don't know how you can improve it, but, you know, we'll talk about the piece. And, you know, because when you're either going so slow, right, on the shoreline or you have a million stops, it's really, you know, unless you got a lot of work to do. If you got to get somewhere in a hurry, the train isn't for you. If you got work to do and you can sit on the train and do it and you have no rush, then it's great. But that's not the case for everybody. And we'll also uh, talk to uh, Representative Josh Elliott. He wrote an op-ed basically saying that, you know, the tax structure in Connecticut is unfair to middle-income and lower-income residents, and we need to change things. And it's sort of like a contrarian view in the sense that a lot of people think that the fiscal guardrails and way things are set up now is sort of guaranteeing the health of the state and its budget not in perpetuity, but for some years to come. So I'm just curious about, you know, why he wanted, he wrote this op-ed and why he did it now and what he'd like to see done. We did have a tax cut, you know, that obviously is, I doubt it's going to happen again anytime soon, especially now that revenues have slowed. But, you know, what what exactly, you know, because his point is the way they limit increases in spending doesn't necessarily match up increases in need. But that's a slippery slope if you spend beyond your means, which is, is certainly possible. And we still have these huge pension obligations. So I'm looking forward to that conversation with Representative Josh Elliott. That's at 850. And John Moritz is at 820. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black. With 60 months special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.